following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to NerdProm. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all NERDS International. With the hyphen. Welcome to Finding the Narrative, the Genesis RPG podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system from Fantasy Flight Games, a show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both a player's and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Chris Holmes. How are you doing, homie? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I am doing pretty good, uh, other than the fact that my Vikings got their ass kicked today and they're not going to make the playoffs, but you know what? They've been disappointing us for years, so... Just a, <laughs> but your Lions kind of put the smack down on those backers today. Yeah. I always like to see. <laughs> <laughs> always like to see the Packers lose. Sorry, Packer fans. That's but hey, all right. this isn't this isn't a football show, is it? <clears throat> it's okay. Well, if we want to talk about football, Manchester United won. They've won three straight games since firing their manager, getting a new one. Oh, that kind uh, and, of football. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I. I am a Manchester United fan. I do watch uh, Premier League football all the time. My fiance, my fiance Melissa, she's a Manchester City fan, so we always have uh, quite a bit of in-home rivalry. Oh, well, already <laughs> then. Maybe one day you'll have to explain to me what that rivalry means. Well, because okay. I'm not a football that kind of football fan. I'm an American okay. football fan. That's okay. It's all right. It's all good. <laughs> yep, but I did play. I did run the. Um, I was ta- talking to you earlier. I was. T- we were. I ran the Force Awakens beginner box last night for my Saturday night group, and they had some fun. They had some fun. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. I was I actually. I was starting to tell you um, the way I would do the ending because it was a little anticlimactic in a way because they actually made a couple checks. I think I'd probably want to do a skill challenge at the end there instead. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. eight successes before two, you know, the three failures or something like that, right? It works. Um, it's it, it, a little more exciting, but meh. yeah. And, and again, it's it's a trick that I learned from the internet, uh, yeah. from and from some uh, another podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. They do them all the time, and I started doing them and. I, like I gotta say, I love doing them. Yeah, I loved. Like, yeah, I like playing them, going through, and because if even though I had like maybe a sniper, that's all only good in heavy heavy gunnery or heavy heavy range. I'm like, oh crap! Okay, now I got to figure out how else I could use it because it's coming back to me. What else can I do? <laughs> you know, it makes you think. It's good. You kind of think outside of the box that way. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So since we last recorded, uh, we did have. We played our Star Wars game that Wednesday, and I damn near ki- well. I, I, I technically killed your character. <laughs> technically, you did. That was a whole bundle of a whole bundle of fuck up there, man. He had 
what six crits when he finally rolled the one sixty five? Yes. I think it was. He had six crits. <laughs> I mean, we were talking a grenade that went off in the in the turbo lift that I was in. <laughs> That was a big one. <laughs> that was a pretty big one. Because it was two, two, two despairs or two triumphs. <laughs> two triumphs, dude. You double triumphed me. Yeah, yeah. I was totally going to smoke that dude, but you go in first, and I'm like, well, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, you, was... and then you just, like, you, you shot him. You, you shot a man when he was down, literally. <laughs> you just, yeah, it's... It is what it is. That bleeding out, man. Oh, that bleeding out condition was horrible. Yeah, but it got us all singing Lincoln Park, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, That's but, true. Uh, yeah, we had fun with that. Mm-hmm. And then last Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, I ran another playtest of Primordial Machina. Oh, uh, invited Invited our good friend Stefan Dragonspawn to join the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had... Um, we had uh, Stefan, uh, my my players from my Grognard group, Dave, Jen, and Dale, hmm. and uh, we did, played. Did the gaming uh, the gaming hoe did not show up? Uh, Daryl had plans with his family. Um, A real gaming hoe wouldn't spend time <laughs> with his family. Daryl, uh, come so on, man. No, I'm just kidding. Well, wait, 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 wait. Were you there? No. What was I doing last last Saturday? Oh, so you're giving Daryl shit for not being there, but you didn't show up. Oh, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I was playing I was saving the world, playing Pandemic Legacy season one, right. ending that. Anyways, yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. But we had okay, a lot no. of fun with it. Um yeah. uh we had so now we have in this group that we're playtesting, uh again, we have Stefan who really wanted to um to play, play Cyclops. Test play test his uh i'm sorry no stefan couldn't make it he had the family thing it was daryl that showed up my oh. bad the hoe was there <laughs> well, of course he was stefan had the family thing um okay. with his family. anyhow he was playing the cyclops that he made he made pierced cyclops um and then you of course you have your fire or amalgam the amalgam right uh, Jen made a human artificer, um, a steam-powered wizard, so to speak. Yep. She's, you know, um, and then Dale, of course, still playing his um, uh, clockwork Machina driver nice. pilot, nice. and um, so, and then Dave uh, made an air amalgam sniper. Uh, oh, dude, that's a cool concept. And then um, Daryl. Went ahead and made. Oh gosh, I I'm drawing a total blank on what Daryl made. <laughs> was that what he, did he play? What he had played before? Did he did he join us last? I don't think he joined he, us last he was time. Not there right, he wasn't. Time. It was Stefan that was, and I, for for some reason, um, for the life of me, I'm drawing a blank on what Daryl played. But that's fine. I have mm-hmm. notes. Um, but oh yeah, he made a revenant from the core rule book. Oh yeah. Slinger. That's cool. Um, and, I love that uh, picture you put up too. That's right. I, I, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I forgot him. A... I forgot him because he's dead to me. <laughs> nice one. That was funny. Because he's dead to you. <laughs> but no, anyhow. Uh, so yeah, we've been having a lot of fun playtesting it. One of the things I realized is that, boy, um, I think smaller Machina like. The one that we're using with um, Dale's character. Yep. 
Uh, I think I'm going to run them like power armor instead of like vehicles. Okay. I'm not sure. That makes sense. Um, I, or um, I might just put all the weapons into personal scale because of some of these Machina weapons being vehicle scale and then the players being in personal scale and moving this interwoven combat of people casting spells and people... So I may put everything into personal scale and just give, like, vehicle weapons breach. And that's what we practiced on Saturday is that we... I gave their their different uh, weapons breach... So that they uh, they bypass a lot of soak, and then just give their machina, um, you know, the, the personal size weapons, the personal scale weapons, and with breach they can get past armor a little easier, and their weapons have ratings of breach from one to three. So, gotcha. well, that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That was where I was at with it. Um, awesome. Initially, I was like, well, what am I going to do? This isn't going to work. Because I wanted to incorporate, because we had the Machina pilot, I wanted to incorporate vehicles. Right. So they went on exploring outdoorsy adventure. Mm-hmm. And um, and so he was in it the whole time. And I'm, I'm starting to see the dichotomy of ship weapons versus, you know, as we're playing and I'm seeing personal scale weapons. So, all right, what do we do here? Well, yep. it, let's try making it a power armor. I started to do that, and then I realized that's not going to work. Mm. And then I just put all the weapons in personal scale, and it seemed to work well. So There you go. Well, that's cool, dude. That is pretty so that's cool. kind of what game-wise we've been up to. Yeah, man. Got any news? Really, the only news was me noticing something on the FFG site the other day and you kind of confirming it that the Genesis under the, if you go to the products link, <clears throat> it's not there anymore. It's, they put it under other games and you know, like you said, they're probably just cleaning up, cleaning up the website up there a little bit. And, but I I'm honestly like, don't, oh, I honestly don't think they're going to have any more core Genesis products beyond, beyond Android. You think? No, no, no core. Genesis oh, core, core products. products. Oh, I see what yeah. you're Probably not going to see any more Genesis core products. We mm-hmm. might see one, but I highly doubt the it. Only, the only core product that I could see would be maybe a generic GM screen, but I would actually make those up setting specific. I'd make, I, you know, if I was them, I'd put one out for Android yeah. or a Tiranoth one or something like that. But, but hint, hint, I mean, hint, nudge, 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 maybe a little adventure in there, kind of like what you guys did with the GM screens for Star Wars, hint, hint. Yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We have a whole section of the show about that. <laughs> oh, crap, you're right. Speaking of the show, <laughs> this is going to be what? This is our... Dude, it's been a this, year just about. This is uh, Genesis, year one. It's been a full year since Genesis came out, and then some. Mm-hmm. Um, it came out just a little bit before Christmas yep. of, of 2016. Yeah. Um, sorry, 2017. Um, yeah, and it's been just over a full year, so this show is just kind of a retrospective of what the first year of Genesis was for mm-hmm. for for us. So, right, and for then the first year for a podcast too, man. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I have a little bit of listener feedback. Oh yeah. Um, this is uh, I chose this one because well, Chris was awesome writing to us. It's from Chris Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also goes by the moniker Blamed Cat on the FFG forums. Um, 
It says, howdy, folks. First, I want to say you guys do an amazing job, and I absolutely love your podcast. What do you say to that, Chris? <laughs> thank you, dude. <laughs> yes, thank you from yeah, bottom of very, our hearts, very much. That's awesome. it, it means so much hearing you guys say <laughs> every time we read it. Every time we read it. Yep. <laughs> okay, now on to the question. I've got a new player in my group that wants to have a Native American Pathfinder type with an animal companion. Can you help me out with that? Source is the core rulebook, page 77, the animal companion talent. Okay. Her companion is an owl. What I'm struggling with is how to stat out her animal companion, or if I should represent it in a different way. I've seen some people on the forums suggesting not to stat out the animals, but to give the player boost die or enemies setback die, depending on the type of animal companion and what they're doing in situations. I spotted an animal-esque adversary on page 157, the clockwork animated automaton, a rival. Is that too powerful? For power reference, I am, I, we're also using the Terranoth rulebook for heroic abilities, and the existing players are at about 170 earned XP. Let me know if you have any questions, and thanks again for your thoughts. Well, Chris, you were the first one to respond to him. What did you say? Um, I, I, I wrote him a really long email because <laughs> I just kept on rolling on with it. Um, basically, um, I let him know that... Um, that animal companion talent, it's tier three. Yep. And I don't agree with the people saying not to stat animals, animal companions out. The, mm -hmm. All of you saying that. I don't agree with you because of this. In the middle of the um, last half of the second paragraph, let me read something. It says, mm -hmm. once per round in structured encounters, your, your character may spend one maneuver to direct their animal in performing one action. And one maneuver during your character, and one maneuver during your character's turn. The animal must be within hearing and visual range of the character, generally medium range. Otherwise, the animal does not contribute to the encounter. Hey, you need stats to do stuff. In yep. my opinion, in order to tell your animal to do something, this is a little more than just giving boost and setback dice. In my opinion, besides, right. it, like you know, it's a third tier. It's a tier three talent. You're going to be what, probably 50 experience points into it at least? Um, so I basically said, hey, you know, take this, take the clockwork animal and modify it in this way. Make its brawn a one, agility a three, intellect one, cunning a two, willpower one, presence one. Give it the brawl skill so they can at least, you know. Mm -hmm. Give it a perception of three, survival of two, and vigilance of three. Give it the special ability of a flyer, and then, of course, the attacks, you know, make it a claw or beak attack. You know, gave it the damage three, which is like brawn plus two, critical three, and pierce one if you got talons or a, or the beak, right? So the birds are very cunning, and owls are very perceptive. So that's why I put it both, not only perception and vigilance, you know, that your heads can spin around 30, 360 degrees. Come on, man. Yep. Right, so they spot details in their environment, which is perception, and they notice new things coming into their environment, which is vigilance. Right. So you know, I mean, I like the concept of that of this character um, that your Chris that your that your player was looking at, and <laughs> it made me think of this man tracker 
TV show, it was a Canadian TV show, where he was on the back of his horse looking for, you know, they were tracking these people out in the wilderness they had, who had like 24 hours to get to point A to point B. And what he would do would look at his, the ears on his horse to see what direction the horse is hearing <laughs> this these people from and that's what your that's what these animal companions will do for you will not only help with your perception and vigilance but they should be making the 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 checks themselves and whatever comes out of it gives you your character the bonuses to or maybe the rest of the party too but anyways it would be fun not too overpowered in my opinion and it's all about having fun so right and uh, I just added a little bit about um, a couple things. One, um, I think what people's reluctance is from in this is letting the basically it lets a player roll two sets of dice on their turn because your animal acts mm-hmm. and you act. Um, and one of the things uh, that you can do as a GM. Uh, what you have a problem with, GM, is it, a lot of people have a problem with larger groups, especially, yeah. you know, bogging things down. So in a small group where you have three to four players, this really doesn't come into a play much. And unless the players are getting upset that you're rolling two sets of dice often, mm-hmm. one way you can alleviate that is to let other players roll for your animal companion um, to share the extra roll. Mm-hmm. Um that's one way, and then another uh, another way is just allow it to affect a lot of other situations with this boost dice and setback dice. Um, that those ways to do it. Now, I, that's if you're dealing with larger parties, or if you're dealing with a group that doesn't really care or doesn't really like the fact that you're you've got someone with an animal companion. Everyone at the table is cool with it, and the animal is uh, part of the party then it, it's no problem at all. I've seen a system with animal companions. It's not like it was in D slash, uh, D-Shift 7D um, or in uh, Math Finder, where someone got an animal companion and their animal companion was the star of the show or bogged things down or was just in the way, uh, which happened a lot, especially in larger groups, which I run a lot of. So... And you I run them very that. well, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and then, and the other thing is that I also kind of told him um, to make a separate uh, cheat sheet for himself as a GM for neat ways to spend advantage and threat for the animal's roles. Yes. Uh, that gives that animal idea. character and endear that character to the party as a whole unique ways to spend it um and then of course he got back with us and said he did use all of our advice um he also he also added um what was the talent he added to the bird beyond what you oh he uh, did um a flyby attack attack. like a swoop swoop attack. attack yep yep he gave uh, a, a swoop attack identical to that from the Razor Wing rival on page 147 in the Genesis Core rulebook. Yep. So, cool. Uh, it Very seems cool. like it worked really well for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he even came up with a really nice, um, came back with his nice uh, character companion sheet that he then put up on the, um, on the FFG forums yep. for people. Yep. And uh, I, I think... It, it was beautiful, the, yeah. 
the way it looks and works. And mm-hmm. I, I want to congratulate Chris. You did a great job. Um, yeah, and did, man. thanks for getting a hold of us, man. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I'm gonna th- I'll throw the um, I'll throw the link to that uh, to your thread for the Animal Companion character sheet up there as well, there, Chris. So the rest of the community can take a look at it and check it out. Great job, dude. Most awesome. And then we had one other feedback um, <laughs> from YouTube. Uh, on our show that we had last show with Eric Lamaru, um, is from Sam Barrett again. Hi, Sam. He says, well done yet again, guys. I'd never really thought about a mafia RPG, but now I can see how awesome it could be. Oh yeah. Fun challenge. How does a GM, how does one GM a Tarantino style game with a non-chronological pop plot? <laughs> also, Hey, Chris, that's a good question. Uh, I, 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 I have not come up with a good answer for it yet. <laughs> Maybe we brainstorm it for a moment. Yeah. So yeah, after you finish reading this, so. this is also, Hey, Chris, though, I don't doubt the printed sheet, uh, is worthy of your 50 pieces of awesome. The bit where Tony talked about fighting dinosaurs reminded me of something I found on the FFG forum. So, uh, but anyhow, back to his Tarantino style game. Thing. Yeah, how would you do that beyond I mean, you could probably do um what do they call them in Savage Worlds? Um narratives where you kind of talk about something in the past. Kind of basically what Harrison was doing all throughout your damn Deep Madness game, right? And that's exactly <laughs> what came to my mind. Yeah. Is that you want to mm-hmm. encourage a Tarantino style game, encourage your players to spend their um, their story points by using flashbacks, flashbacks to describe things that have in the past. Yeah, that's what I'm lo- lo- was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> well, in, in Savage Worlds, they call it. Um, it's not a flashback. Not a narrative. No, it was. I can't remember what it. Uh, I'm getting too old. No. <laughs> I know. I know. It's it's terrible. It'll come to me right after we're done talking about it. We're gonna be right in the middle of like advantageous threats, and you're gonna say, bah! "Oh yeah, that's it." <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, but uh, basically, you just uh, when someone goes to spend a destiny point, you make a monologue about how something happened in the past that made this, whether it's something from their childhood that affects things, or whether it's something, mm-hmm. you know, when they were talking to a buddy in a bar or whatever. If you if you got the chance to listen to uh, my Deep Madness game that was over on the RPG Brewery before he pulled down the feed. Mm-hmm. Um, You'll hear Harrison Hunt going and doing this every time he would spend a story point. He would go back and do these little flashbacks. This is great. I thought it was that's awesome. One, yeah, that's one way to do it. Mm-hmm. Another way is you can you put your characters in the beginning of a scene. You set up the scene for them. Yeah. This is what happened. You're gonna, you know, you've got this all of this stuff happening in front of you. Now pause. Then you go back and do a skill challenge that will set up more things that they can add to that scene and where how they got there and all this other stuff. That's one way of doing it. That's another way of doing it, um, Tarantino style. I've heard it kind of done that way. It um, Like there was a, an adventure written by um, uh, GM Chris – over on uh, the uh, Order 66, mm-hmm. he wrote where his uh, his players come in with amnesia. 
Oh, and they start I remember out that. The amnesia in, in a place, or they start out in a vault that mm-hmm. they were robbing, and they all have amnesia from gas that went off. Yeah, and then they have to. They, he gives them snippets of the past as they're getting advantage and triumphs in the game. That's cool. Um, so they get little snippets of what happened in their past. So you could run Mm -hmm. an amnesia style game too, which would be kind of Tarantino-esque. Right. Other than that, I mean, the Tarantino method is really hard to get right. That's why only one dude does it well. Exactly. (laughs) And (laughs) yeah, it, it, it is, it is kind of a tough thing. And I mean, if you wanted to play out like all of the, if you have all of these different scenes and you want to start from the end, and then work your way backwards, like the movie, what, Memento? Yeah. I mean, that's like classic. I mean, that's great, but you can't give everybody amnesia or short-term yep. memory loss, which I did play a character with short-term memory loss. Damn fun. But I, I don't know. It's it, It'd be very challenging. Um, it all depends. It, it also depends on how far back in time you go. Because I know his, like, you know, the, the movies were kind of within what, like days of each other, you know, and whatever, just kind of going forward and backwards and playing them out. But, um, so then you get in a case where, well, if your characters are going back in time, well, how much experience points do they have? Right? And right. You want to play out a scene and stuff there. Um, though, you could take a page out of the um, the Cypher system and uh, the uh, I was playing the Strange game, you have these little fold-over sheets that, you, that, they, that they have where you could fold over your your um, your character sheet that has interesting inf- the, the 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 stuff about your character that has changed mm-hmm. between worlds is just another sheet that you kind of put on there. And in this case, different levels of XP. It'd be challenging, fun. We'll see. But you know, if, Sam, if you do try it. Let us know. <laughs> if you're doing it as a one shot, you could totally give out two different versions of the character, one with a little more earned XP. Mm-hmm. When it comes uh, time, it's like, oh, by the way, we're flashbacking. Here you go. Here are here's the old you. Here's old you. <laughs> that would be good. I think a one shot would be would be fun that way. Yeah. 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 Um, by the way, they're called interludes. Of course they are. <laughs> Why did somebody text you? <laughs> no, no. Oh, that's no. right. We're not live, are we? <laughs> Why am I thinking we're live? <laughs> interludes, yes. Uh, yeah, they're called interludes. Yeah, yes, yes they. Sure I said are. as soon as we stopped talking about it, it would come to me. Oh, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, right. Yeah. So, anyhow, thanks, Sam. Thanks, Chris. Uh, thanks, to all our listeners that have uh, put up with con- us for the contacted us, put up with us for the last year too. <laughs> well, you know, those that have reached out to us are really special. Yes, they are. They're so few and far between. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's why you're special. <laughs> All right. Shall we get on to the next section? Let's do it. Okay, welcome to 50 Pieces of Awesome. This is where Chris goes on on the internet and searches and finds something for all of us. Now, this time you did not have to search very far. No, I didn't. Because I did not read the rest of Sam's <laughs> message. Which spoils it, yes. So <laughs> Sam Baird on, on YouTube, his last thing was 
Tony talking about fighting dinosaurs remind me of something on the FFG forum. Check out the dinosaur cowboy setting posted by Jared DW. The art alone is worth 50 pieces, I think. I will second that because he had me at the first picture, man. Holy crap. Yes, Jared. Um, this is this is 50 pieces of awesome. This made my Christmas. <laughs> um, it's called Dinosaur Cowboys. The first freaking picture is like a wagon train. A bunch of dinosaurs. There's a stegosaurus with fucking kegs of beer hanging off of him. Oh my there's god! A, there's a there's there's like a brontosaurus size looking thing that has like the top of a wagon and a covered wagon over it, with the guy riding shotgun on the little bouncy. I forgot I forgot what kind of um, seat that pogo is. Pogo stick? Well, not a pogo <laughs> stick, but it's the but 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 it's a special. There's a special term for it. Ah, I can't remember. But you know your classic covered wagon, right? And okay. Oh, tri- I know what you're saying. Triceratops. Yeah. There's a special name for that kind. Eh, it doesn't matter. And cowboy. Dude, they're cowboys on freaking dinosaurs. I don't know what else. What more I have to say? <laughs> just, just take that image in, everybody. Take that image in. <laughs> cowboys on dinosaurs. And yeah, there's a talent called dinosaur wrangler. Heck yes, I said dinosaur wrangling. <laughs> How you do it? I don't know. But looks the, cool. Yeah, and one of the cool things. Which makes me think of my um, the 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 primeval thule setting is Jared here added backgrounds that you can pick for your characters, which is kind of a new mechanic to kind of give them flaws. So one is uh, bigotry. <laughs> a character has something against a particular race, religion, or other group of people. Cost, and you get five experience points for taking it. Um, yeah. There's an enemy. Somebody has an enemy. Um, they have a major handicap, a minor handicap, infamous. You know, in a friggin' Wild West setting, who wouldn't want to be that gunslinger that everybody's afraid of when you walk into town, you know? Um, you'll, you'll, suffer, you'll suffer an upgraded penalty on charm, depending, maybe coercion and negotiation, etc. You know, for something like that, yeah, I mean, it's... You're getting 10 XP, but on all you're going to have upgraded checks on a few skills. Is it worth it to you? I don't know, but it adds flavor. It adds flavor. So that's kind of cool. And, <laughs> okay, this is something that he that he added. It's called <laughs> so far mounted Because um, you're mounting a freaking dinosaur. He added a stat. Each mount. Has something called orneriness. <laughs> I know. Isn't that the best? And that you, is great. You upgrade it, and whatever your or, the orneriness rating is of your of your dinosaur. You upgrade your riding check by that many. And yeah. um, raptors have an orneriness of two. Theropods, i.e., the T Rexes, have an orneriness of three. Yeah, I totally love that piece of art at the bottom of page 19 on this thing. Under orneriness? Oh, yeah, no, of, of the heavy the theropod. The T-Rex? Oh, my God. The T-Rex with a Native American in full headdress riding on it. Oh, my God, that but, is so cool. And, and the T-Rex has, like, paint on it. I know! <laughs> it's so cool! Isn't it, though? Dude, I never thought I would be, I would be saying these... This sentence, um, well, you're going to need to upgrade your writing check because your raptors are ornery. 
I mean, <laughs> that barn's ornery. Oh, and one thing that he added, which is kind of cool, actually, um, makes me think of Deadlands, to be honest, um, is a uh, he added a ranged primitive skill, which basically ranged weapons that aren't firearms for gotcha. those Native Americans that don't necessarily... I mean, Native Americans obviously have fired rifles and such, but in the in the um, the Deadlands game, um, I played a Native American that like was totally against like metal and always had he had his tomahawk and his bows, bow and arrows and stuff, javelins and crossbows, but couldn't didn't want to use gunpowder or in this case. With range primitive, it's only limited to those weapons that don't use what do you call it, um, black powder or anything. Nice. So you know, goes into that. There's mainly it's and then he's added a bunch of a bunch of talents, which are setting specific. Like I said, yeah. you know, the dinosaur wrangler. Um, it's a ranked talent. Starts at tier two. Adds a boost die per rank of um, dinosaur wrangler and checks to tame or wrangle dinosaurs. Pretty sweet. Um, and then he's got a section on. Uh, then he's got stats for dinosaurs in here. You know, there's actually added some um, some weapons. You know, derringer pistols, shotgun rifles, and this is a great start to something pretty special. <laughs> and uh, yeah. This is great. An Ankylosaurus. So the picture of the Ankylosaurus has like a prospector leading it with all of his prospector like things. And I can't think of a better dinosaur that a that my pro- prospector would have than an Ankylosaurus, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's good uh, shit. This is good shit, man. <laughs> That's yeah, that is. I love it. So check this out. Yeah, this is out up there on um the fantasy flight forums. I think it's underneath the um, your settings, but I'm definitely gonna have. I will put a um, a link to this in the show notes, most definitely. Okay. Well, Jared D W over on the fantasy flight forums, we award you fifty pieces of awesome. Not just from me, not just from Chris, but also from our fan Sam. Yes. You get. 50 pieces of awesome across the board. Mm-hmm. Well done. Well done. All right. We ready to move on to the next section now, Tony? And get into yeah. the meat of this thing? Show. All right, everybody. Welcome back. And you can open up your books of Genesis... Uh, no, not really. We're not really going to talk all about all the books. We're just going to talk. We're going to talk about year one of Genesis. Yeah. What it what it was for Genesis. What it was for us here at Finding the Narrative, and uh, what we what you guys can expect from us this next year. Yeah. So. So to start out, I want to say first and foremost, thank you to my co-host. You have been an amazing, awesome co-host for the past year. I love doing this show with you, and I just got to put that out there, buddy. 
I don't think I could have said that any better myself. I know it was a little over a year ago when we, um, back at Con in a Cob, when Jamie was like, you guys, you guys got to do a podcast together. And we kind of looked at each other and went, all right, <laughs> why not? <laughs> and yeah, dude, I like, I look forward to doing this with you. And, um, I don't know. We got a pre- pretty good chemistry just bouncing back and forth because we're old gamers that just like talking about games yeah. and role-playing and this system, which is awesome, too. So, yeah. Yeah, and we, we did, you know, when we first came on and we came on with our first show, Genesis was the only thing we had. Mm-hmm. Um, the core rule book. And so Chris and I kind of developed a format that we wanted. I mean, when we were thinking about show ideas we had a list that chris and i created we sat and well we did what three hours of just chatting about how we were going to do the show yeah yeah and uh came up with all these notes and we had just i mean we're gonna take an episode one episode to do this and five episodes to go through talents and <laughs> one for each tier and and it it turned out that we didn't do hardly any of that <laughs> <laughs> in some ways we did, but not as detailed as we <laughs> we were starting to go down. Because we're well, like, I man, think... this is going to be... We came up with like 50 show, 50, 60 show <laughs> ideas. We're like, dude, this is going to be like three years before we get through this. Nah. <laughs> <Let's> just... <laughs> well, and I think also if we'd have stuck to that original format, we probably would have bored our listeners to tears. Uh-huh. Reading the book, I think it would have... You know, because we we were thinking, oh, we're going to go through each and every talent and read it and then talk about it. And it's like, why did we think that was interesting? (laughs) We're noobs. We didn't have a clue. (laughs) But then, you know, we we did. We kind of went through every section of the book individually as sections Mm -hmm. go. And we kind of did an episode for each one of those. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't like f- overly focus on some areas. Some areas we completely skipped. Right. I didn't notice that we cre- we skipped over creating races <laughs> until we did our race show for our. Uh, <laughs> well, exactly. Uh, we got we got feedback. We got a f- email, or so we got feedback from somebody saying, "Well, how do you create a species?" And we're like, "Well, duh. We went over it." A- Oh wait a second! No, we didn't have, we didn't do a special <laughs> show for it. So that's coming up next year. <laughs> we yeah, think. Yeah. yeah, we'll do a show just talking about you know how to mm-hmm. tweak your tweak your um, ad uh, not adversaries but your um, the species ugh, your races call them what species you species and archetypes that archetypes, you're gonna yeah. for yeah. your for your game if you're making a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, maybe we'll go over, because we never really went over the, the different setting rule changes other than the horror one for our Halloween episode. But, like, um, the setting ch- rule changes for, for, for superheroes and the setting rule changes for other things. Um, yeah. yeah. Initially, I was going to cover all that when I went over, you know, my Hellgate setting. That was one of the things. That, yeah. But that went way of the dodo as, you know, my players really kind of lost interest in it. And... Mm-hmm. And if the players aren't interested, I'm not going to run it. So I quit trying to do the thing. Mm-hmm. And and then you and I started, you know, started deciding we were going to do our own world. Yep. And we were we we started working on our um on our adventure for um Middle Earth too or something in yep. between there. Yeah. Started thinking about that, yep. but yeah. But then we got into so we've had show segments come and go. Um, setting the tone kind of has 
um, started out as us talking about the settings we were creating, and then yep. it became more about reading some of the fluffy sections of these wonderful books that we have. The, oh, yeah. the particularly the realms of Terranoth, and soon coming the the um, Android setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll continue to do that. Um, I oh, think yeah. that's you know something that I enjoy doing not, that. Yeah, it's it's we can get on and talk about it. And like you know, like like I said, when I when I created my Terranoth game, and when you created, or when uh, sorry, when Stefan created his Terranoth game for you guys in the RPG Brewery, mm-hmm. you read a little snippet about an area, yep, and all of a sudden that sparks ideas for GMs, and voila, yeah. a campaign is formed or a small series of adventures. Exactly, and I think that that setting the tone and doing it that way for us mm-hmm. it, it maybe something we say will help spark something in your campaign or us bouncing ideas off of each other spark yeah. something for us to run mm-hmm. in the future um yeah. and and that was that was always kind of our kind of our, our our thought of this not only that section that section setting the tone but for our podcast too you know i mean we're gonna we'll talk about things we'll throw our little anecdotes in there that's kind of why we why we do throw them in there that make it your everybody's you know creative juices flowing you know Mm -hmm. which is kind of what's this all about telling good stories and being creative and you know working that brain muscle Right? Yeah. If you're a GM out there and you listen to our podcast and you hear us talking about something that happened with our groups and our players and how we ran a specific scenario, your players don't listen to our show. Copy it. So, and I like doing that too. I mean, it, mm-hmm. I don't, my players don't listen to a lot of the things I listen to. I get my inspiration from all sorts of places. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. But then we had, uh, we had, uh, so originally we had uh, Jamie from the RPG Brewery on. Uh, he was our first guest. That's right. One of the and, three magi. <laughs> yeah. When we talked about act- when we talked about magic, which was probably the most. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not revolutionary thing about this system, but something that for me has changed the way I th- thought about casting spells characters you know player you know their you know their characters casting spells just the way that it's done i haven't really done it like that before very freeform very, very it's it's revolutionary i think that was it was a new idea a new concept i think that was why we did it in our first show i mean we did our sure we had our episode zero our introductory episode right but then our first real show topic mm-hmm. was magic and that yeah. was because you me and jamie were and i'm sure a lot of our fans out there a lot of you other people, the magic for this system was yeah. such a eye-opening experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and just looking at, you know, like I said, we, we had Jamie on there, and and then we had, you know, Jamie and Stefan, and then we've had Stefan. We've one of the mm-hmm. things that was suggested to us by Jamie way back when he even gave us the contact email was to talk to Sam Stewart. Or talk to the two Tims when the Terranoth book came out, mm-hmm. and I don't know whether it was you or me, but or both of us together, but we kind of decided that that was not going to be the route our show was going to go. That we were really not going to talk to the industry guys because everybody talks to the industry guys. 
And mm-hmm. the only questions I'm going to have for industry guys are going to be, what's up next? And, and those are the ones they won't answer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, really, the uh, other things that we can pull from them would be, hey, how would you run this? Hey, create a, uh, advantageous threats for us. How would you adjudicate this? Those would right. be some interesting things. But for the most part, <clears throat> no. Yeah. 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 And, and so our, our guest spot, so to speak, on our show kind of became, hey, what friend do we have that has experience with this and bring them on and and ask them and as it as it goes you know we're we have no plans in the near future to talk to any of the industry folks yet um but we do plan on inviting on our friends um and uh doing crossovers uh uh with stefan and and jamie from the rpg brewery because they're big genesis fans um and and Jamie has you on his show all the time doing uh, live plays. The live plays, yep. And and uh, Stefan and him are both huge fans of Genesis and Terranoth. Uh, Jamie runs Rune Wars all the time, mm-hmm. uh, plays it. Uh, paint. He's just going nuts painting the miniatures. Yeah. Um, I I honestly, you know, we're probably going to have those guys on here, um, crossing over. I know we've got a crossover show coming up. Um, do you want to break the news, or should I? Oh, go ahead. All right. So break that. <laughs> January 8th, our one-year anniversary. 8th or 9th? 9th. Wednesday the 8th. 8th. Is it Wednesday the 9th? Wednesday the 9th. Wednesday the 9th. My apologies. No problem. Uh, Wednesday <laughs> the 9th, our one-year anniversary from our first show. Uh, Jim Parton, who ran us through his uh, Terranoth online one-shot back in um, October – or September slash Android, right? Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, Terranoth online. And Terranoth Android. online. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what you meant. That's right. Terranoth online uh, in Android. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he is going to have us back. Um, mm-hmm. We are going to do whether it's a one part or a two part. Don't know. Um, but he's going to do a, a a game for us, and we've invited Stefan and Jamie to play along. So, yep. Gorgo. And Killzack will have a couple of companions. Yeah, they will. Um, and uh, so we're going to be doing that over on either on either on the RPG Brewery's live feed on Twitch or on Jim Parton's live feed uh, on Twitch. It's Jimmy Fett. Um, not sure which one yet. That will be – check out our social media links. We'll – Right before the show, we'll put out a, you know, hey, we're going live and on this channel. Yeah. Um, and that'll probably be – what time will that probably be? I know Jamie wants – he. It, it's probably 8 Central, maybe 9 your time, Eastern time. Probably yeah. Um, something like that. Potentially it could be 7 Eastern time, 8, eight Central, and I don't know. <laughs> um, mm. 7 – no, that'd be what? I don't know. He's he's specific time. I have no damn clue when he's where <laughs> I want to get, get on. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, just check that out. We'll we'll let right. you all know. <clears throat> Find us on Jamie's. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, Jamie being the one that's on Pacific Time, you're on Central, and yep. Jim and Stefan and I are all on Eastern Time. So yeah. that that's gonna 
that'll be the only <laughs> hairy thing there. But yeah, we're going to get on. We're going to play uh, for a special Wednesday night, one year anniversary. Because yeah. um, as you know, Chris and I record on Sundays. Uh, yep. And we try to hit, uh, in fact, you know, segue into this, we've tried to hit every two weeks. Which we kind of have, dude. We're on our. Wait, this is going to be number twenty-five. Yeah, the twenty-fifth episode. And our next one at the one-year anniversary will be twenty-six episodes. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, two a week. Two Sorry. two a week. One every two weeks. Sorry. <laughs> Are you sure? I can't do two a week. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to do two a week. No, me neither. Um, me neither. <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, so we've got that coming up, and mm-hmm. then we have we have all this uh, primordial machina stuff that we're working on. Chris and I are just loving this setting, yeah. And my players are loving it too. So we're gonna really get into doing a full, you know, how does magic work in the system? We're gonna do an episode on that. We're gonna yeah. talk about. We're probably gonna have an episode or two about the gear. Um, well, yeah, hell, we can even do a whole freaking show on the mechs. <laughs> yeah, the Machina part of Primordial Machina, right? So, um, yeah, and then uh, we're gonna be doing uh, a, probably a show on adversaries. Yep. Um, maybe maybe some of the stuff from as I'm writing more and more fluff for the setting. Some of that stuff will come out sure, in our setting. The tone. Yep. Yep. And then what else have we got coming up in the next year? Um, I don't know. I mean, we're going to be going to Khan and Akab again later on in the year. Um, yep. But now they uh, haven't announced it yet. But I know there's some. There was some chatter a while back of doing a, a Nerds International Virtual Con three. Okay. Um, so we may see that. Cool. Um, but uh, yeah, we're going to. Mm-hmm. We'll both be at Khan and Akab again. Yep. Um, and uh, Android, that that setting will be coming out. And we'll be reviewing that book we'll and probably that. going over that one from stem to stern. Yep. And... Well, we really oh. haven't gone over the entire... I mean, we've gone over a few things in Tiranoth that makes it Tiranoth, right? Like we had <laughs> like a, you know, we had like a heroic, uh, you know, the heroic ability show. Mm-hmm. Um and we went. We did the review, the the roundtable, with uh, the guys from the RPG Brewery, Jamie and Stefan, on that, didn't we? We had them on yep. for that, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. And um, we read a little bit of fluff out of it too. But yeah, I I can't wait to jump into that Android setting. Yeah, there's there's more to be um, mined from the books. We're still going to oh, be yeah. Going over the books for the next, you know, for the next year, and hopefully we'll hear from Fantasy Flight that they're gonna um, continue the line, and that we'll see, you know, Tannhauser or Age of Steam or Twilight Imperium or, yep. or any one of those settings. We'll hear about a setting book for. Yeah. I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> Arkham Horror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure everyone would love that, but I don't think they have any license for the RPG. Um, they probably don't, and do they? Because the books are open, I don't know how all that works. So yeah, it's I'm hard to. Gonna, I'm not even going to speculate. Yeah, but mm-hmm. so I mean, that's that's pretty much it for yeah. what we've got coming down the pipe. And what we, I mean, so, I mean, I'm looking how forward was your to it. one? 
How was your one of Genesis? How much? Tell me, how much Genesis did you run? How much Genesis did I run? Yeah. I haven't run anything face to face, other than what I ran at Con and the Cobb with you. Really? Um, cooperatively? <laughs> no, about, I haven't uh, run. I haven't run any Genesis. Um, did I run anything online? No, I haven't run anything online for anybody. I've run some Star Wars. So stuff, but so maybe a personal goal for yourself for next year is to shit or get off the pot, buddy. Run is, it some like, games. is it is it more of a is it more of a resolution? You think? Because <laughs> do we have New Year's tomorrow or day after tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> could be, could be. Uh, me, well, I ran. I did say I was. I, yeah, I didn't run. I just ran the one that we had out at Con and Cobb. I'm so lame. <laughs> I ran a lot of Genesis. I've uh, yeah, I've had, let's see, I've had I started out uh, running Primeval Thule at the beginning of the year, uh, use, running your Primeval Thule setting for my <laughs> Grog Marts. Yeah. Uh, uh, they loved it, uh, but the, it still wasn't like you know it still didn't. And then Terranoth came out, yeah. and we jumped right into it. We ran. I mean, oh, right a, yeah, I played. I played in that. Yeah, now I've played a lot of Genesis. Yeah, because yeah. you've run a lot of Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time I run it, you're yeah. usually at the table. Yeah, well, and Stefan Stefan ran ran his Terranoth game too that on the RPG Brewery. That was that was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, and yeah. uh, uh, we did the um, the Middle Earth one that we did for our mm-hmm. uh, for um, Con and a Cobb. And you, and, ran, you ran Deep Madness twice. You ran it for the um, was it that was an F? No, that was Nerds International Con, the virtual yep. con. And then you F-Con ran it, too. yeah. And then you ran the face to face game at Conanicab, which was great. And I, I got to say, the face to face was way more fun. Oh, um, even, even though we had a lot of distractions and we had a group that was just all drunks having a good time, mm-hmm. I thought it just came together so much better with all the props yeah, yeah it did. Uh, because that was the one thing that, was, that inspired me to do the deep madness game was the beautiful miniatures that came with that board game and the tiles and everything mm-hmm. and beautifully disturbing cthulhu-esque <laughs> miniatures by the way <laughs> they were awesome yeah. um yeah and and you know and then so I'm probably going to run some more of that in the future. Probably going to awesome. um, incorporate some of the expansion uh, stuff mm-hmm. for it. Yep. Because um, they, you know, I I don't know if you know, but I got in on the second Kickstarter and bought some more of the expansions for it, nice. including a, including a novel that they write about it. Oh, cool! Yeah, I got um, in on that Kickstarter too. So, and uh, so I'm probably going to run some of that in the future. But cool. um, and then you know I Very also. Cool. Ran, uh, I ran a one shot at my FLGS uh, of Terranoth. I ran just core rulebook um, uh, when it first came out, and that went fun. It was a 1970s crime drama type thing, and it was kind of like I took the um, I took the uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the 1970s, and kind of genesisized it. Is what I did. Oh, sweet. Um, uh, and then, let's see what else did I I played in. Only two Genesis, three Genesis games the whole year. Really? I played in three separate games the whole year. Well, we played in gyms. I the first Tearing one I played. In, the okay. first one I played in was Jim's uh, GI oh. Joe at oh. NivCon One. I wish I would have uh, played in that. His oh my Real God. American Heroes setting. I, yeah. I played in that mm-hmm. NivCon One. And then the he had a dinosaur in on that one, didn't he? 
I don't care how old you are. Dinosaurs are cool. <laughs> dinosaurs are cool. And yeah. actually, I'm wearing my I'm Jurassic Park. Boys. I'm wearing my Jurassic Park shirt that I got for Christmas. <laughs> Very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I gotta one. tell you about. I gotta tell you about a cool shirt that I got, but at, at mm-hmm. Christmas. But I'll tell you that later. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the second one I played in was uh, you and I running. Uh, the the Middle Earth, Middle Earth, where we both played. Technically, we both played in that too. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> we did. And then the and and, 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 and sorry. And then I ran and I, I was play. I also played in Jamie's Terranoth. So four games. I played in Jamie's Terranoth. Okay. Um, because I never actually read the um the adventure that they ran at Gen Con, so I was able to play in it oh, when Jamie ran go. it. And uh, so that was fun. Um, and then. I played in Jim's uh, Terranoth Online for us. So I only ever got to f- play four games all year long. Right. So mm-hmm. I kind of feel like on the player side that I'm missing out, but not really. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love GMing. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> yep. Uh, but I plan on playing some more next year. I'm going to let you GM uh, on our Wednesday night uh games that we play uh we play every, that for a while yeah. uh something whenever you figure out what it's going to be i have no idea we've talked about you doing the expanse or running android or something that was like one that. thing that i that's one thing that i was looking forward to is getting that expanse um because i went in on a kickstarter on that and it's just a fluff can't yeah. wait for season four to come out i don't know when that's going to be but still great show it could be very um very cool to run into Flip yep. and burn, baby. Flip and burn. <laughs> right? Yeah, and I, I, I'm personally going to probably run um, a one-shot sometime, whether it's for NIFCON or whether it's uh, for our, you know, the mixed groups or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to run a one-shot of Aliens or, or maybe even a small group, uh, small campaign, you know, three to five adventures of go. Aliens in Genesis because I love that supplement. That, oh, I uh, know that's been done on uh, on the fantasy flight forums that someone did um i absolutely love that and and i'm intrigued to try supers um i i'm Hmm. still intrigued to try doing a supers game in genesis and i and i i'm hoping at some point when i do kind of actually start looking at doing it that we'll get uh, our good friend uh, uncle jay Come on yeah. the show and talk supers and cool. maybe uh, maybe share notes with me. That's uh, right. That Genesis and, virgin him. <laughs> uh, but he, you know he's a big supers fan and and, and, uh, and you know Uncle Jay is everybody's favorite uh, uncle now. Yeah, he uh, is. <laughs> You're his favorite. I'm his favorite. <laughs> we're, we're all his favorite. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't know because mm-hmm. I've always I'll tell you one. Have you ever heard of the Scrapers game? No. I have not. Okay. Um, Scrapers was a crossover for Heroes Unlimited and Rifts, uh, written by okay. Palladium Books back in around 10, 15 years ago. Okay. It was a crossover world for both games um, where you could play Heroes Unlimited and you could, it took place on another planet. Mm-hmm. You play as superheroes who are freedom fighters against your alien oppressors. Um, and you're in a, a planet where there's three different races living on the planet um, okay. of humans, human types. And eh, it, it was a really intriguing game world, mm-hmm. and intriguing, a lot of intriguing fluff yeah. for the game. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I've, I've been 
bouncing around the idea of possibly maybe someday doing like a scrapers genesis there is um, a um you saying that reminded me of a kickstarter that i backed um called capers rpg it's superheroes in the 1920s in the flappers mm-hmm. in the time of prohibition you know the roaring 20s the roaring nice. 20s and yeah. it looked pretty cool to genocide, to be honest. So kind of like Batman Noir. Yeah, there you go. Yep, yep, yeah. absolutely. Or, or Spider-Man Noir, you know, if you're looking sure. at the, uh, basically a superhero noir comic. Yes. You know, any one of those, yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that could be kind of cool. Yeah. And so, you know, these mm-hmm. projects, as they as they come to fruition, obviously, if any of these stop being brain farts and start going on paper, yeah, exactly. um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, you know, people will, you'll hear about it here on the show. But, yeah. uh, yeah, no, um, I'm really looking forward to continuing to do this, man. Dude, me too. I'm so looking forward to the next year. I've had so much so, fun doing this. And yeah. Hope, and I think it shows because we've gotten, we've gotten, you know, the, feed, the 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 good feedback and great feedback from people and you know that we've inspired them we've they've a couple listeners said hey we've listened to your show I've learned how to play the game and now I'm running it for my group and ah that's just kind of way why why we do it right right exactly yeah so do you want to do a little bit of setting the tone too yeah let's do it let's all do right. It. Welcome to Setting the Tone, folks. Uh, we're not actually going to read anything fluffy. We're going to read our wish list <laughs> and the wish list of some of our players. I need to uh, make a wish list? <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't have to make one. You could just do this on the fly. I'm doing it on um, the fly. I put it out there on uh, social medias, uh, on the Mewi and on Facebook, that uh, I wanted to hear what our awesome fans out there wanted from Genesis in 2019. Cool. And let me start with me personally. Personally, what I want, I want more. Just more Genesis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want Fantasy Flight to keep the line going, uh, to keep giving it support, to keep giving us more settings, maybe continue to flesh out the settings that they have, you know, with more books adversaries of Terranoth or you know um, extra regions from the Rune Wars setting other than Terranoth or mm-hmm. uh, Android follow-up book or anything like that. That stuff would be great, my opinion. And then also another setting. I, I honestly wasn't keen on the idea of them doing Tannhauser next initially, but after you and I went and saw Overlord, <laughs> I so very much would like to see Tannhauser come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could say fuck yes, bring Tannhauser on. <laughs> you can. Yeah, I Overlord could say Tannhauser cool. would probably be uh, <laughs> my number one setting of theirs that they have intellectual property wise, or even Keyforge. I wouldn't mind seeing a game happen in the Keyforge universe. I'm not familiar with that. I know that was a new their new card game that came out, right? Right, and it's got it's got they've got online fiction for it, and okay. and they've got you know the the world's got some fluff to it. Cool. I don't know how much is out there, but it would be interesting to see 
you know, something key in the key book. forge. Okay. But that's for me. Mm-hmm. What about you, Chris? You got anything? Beyond what you just said, not a whole lot. I Yeah, I mean, I'll second that. I want them to make more stuff. FFG to make more stuff for for um for Genesis the official products right but I must tell you if you want a setting of really anything if you're looking for anything some of the things we've mentioned some of them in 50 pieces of awesome but there are other settings out there that the fans you guys are listening to this guys and gals that are listening to this um podcast are putting out there to the community um, keep doing it. <laughs> I want more of that stuff. You know, I mean, it's great. <laughs> I love looking well, at that. Well, we need you to find something to give fifty pieces of awesome to every show. So, yes, I fans, do. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's plenty out there. Keep putting it out there, and we got we got our bags of fifty pieces of awesome waiting to be handed out. I just have two yeah. words to say to you, Tony: dinosaur cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, I'm not. Right. All right. No, I'm really not. <laughs> Do not apologize for what you love, brother. No, no. All and right. you know what I would like? Even though I've done a bit of it myself, um, I'd like to see them get involved with Fantasy Grounds and put some official official support on that. If yeah. they would like. And you could contact me if you want me to do some freelance work if you need to, if any of you over at FFG are listening. No, just kidding. <laughs> but um no, seriously. Well, this though. is the most important show segment for them to listen to. This is our wish list. Yes. Ours and our fans, which is a force to be reckoned with. We're talking tens of people here. Yes. Listen to us. <laughs> or else you won't be getting these hundreds of dollars from us all. <laughs> Or whatever it is. No, but no, seriously though, um the you know, some fantasy grounds support would be great. You know, yeah. put the create the rule set. Now granted there's a rule set based on there for you know, out there that it's based on um the Star Wars rule set, which, you know, licensing thing for them not to do, but you know, the narrative dice system is theirs. They can totally yep. put a rule set out there for fantasy for um, fantasy grounds. So that'd be something for Genesis like to see. for Terranoth. I mean, it's it's another way for them to make money because each one of those rule sets you have to buy. Right now, there's fan created free stuff. Um, yeah. I don't. I I would rather have an official product that works right than have to constantly have Chris tweak the fan created stuff to make it work <laughs> the way I want it to. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, it is it is what it is. But you know, I'll add that little snippet to our list. Okay, well, we got we got some feedback on Mayway uh, on cool. on on Facebook. Uh, I got a one thumbs up. So As um, they want more stuff. <laughs> but right. uh, our yeah. one Facebook, our one Facebook follower, <laughs> yay! Thank you. Who are you? We don't know. No, I don't know if I don't know if the Facebook feed just didn't give it to anybody or what. But uh, if if you guys didn't see it and you want to respond, um, feel free. I'll read them off in in upcoming uh, feedback sections of our show if you go over there if you're on Facebook and you're not on Mayway uh, yeah go over there tell me what you want coming from Genesis but uh, here's here's what Uncle Jay had to say I think for me seeing what Genesis has to offer in terms of setting books I'll get Android but I hope to see other settings being released to 2019 Mm mm-hmm 
Um, I think that's a common thread. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Daryl, Daryl Carcier, our good friend, the gaming ho, yes. says, I'm wondering if Genesis will come out with splat books like Star Wars for additional background and flavor. Also interested for Android. Okay. Um, yeah, splat books, you know, just maybe a small book. You know, the thing about the core rule books, they're, you know, 300 plus pages. These core rule books mm-hmm. are um, what? Genesis core rule book is 260 page or 255 pages long, 254. Yep. You know, uh, Terranoth is 260. Android's bound to be around 260, 280. I would think so, yeah. Um, I think it's the, the splat books that come from FFG for Star Wars are only like 100. Like 100, 100 they're, like, yeah. they're like 150 pages or less. They're a little bit, they're less expensive, but in, they're, they're a little more focused. Yep. Um, it would be cool to see that kind of stuff occur mm-hmm. for Terranoth and for uh, Android. I agree with you, Daryl. Yeah. And then um, John Henry says, fan content has been amazing. Official content has been underwhelming. <laughs> Is one book a year really what we have to look forward to? Uh, well, this is year two, and yeah, <laughs> we haven't gotten but one book this year, which is the Tiernoth setting. We got yep. the Genesis Core rule book back in 2000 at the end of 2017, like Tony said. Android should be coming out within the next couple months, but they haven't announced anything coming up, splat book wise, or their next setting, right? So, not sure. Uh. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you, John. Uh, it's mm-hmm. been it's been hard to create mm-hmm. a show around a system that isn't getting a tremendous amount of um, support. Uh, I know it's right. easier for other people who are, have their shows about uh, you know game systems that have Kickstarters every two months, a new Kickstarter coming out, yeah. or mm-hmm. game systems that have you know uh, like you know the Starfinder folks. I mean, Starfinder came out mm-hmm. at Gen Con and they already have five core books for the setting. Yeah, they um, do. I just spent a hundred bucks on that setting yesterday. You know, that's, oh, well. but those, you know, we're talking, you know, we're talking the difference between Paizo and FFG and then they're different, they're different companies. They're run differently. Um, yeah. But uh, I honestly, I wish Genesis did get the attention that they're giving their L5R game. Uh, I mean, cause mm-hmm. we L5R premiered at Gen Con and it, I just picked up the second book for it and two more have been announced. Um, yeah, yeah, they have an adventure coming up, and they have what the Shadowlands, I believe. Yep, yeah. and they they came out with a box set for that, and they came out with a GM screen. I mean, what would be yeah. nice? Yeah, I mean, what would be nice would be a GM screen for Tiernoth, an adventure, maybe a couple of adventures. I know they did the free adventure from um, what do you call it from Gen Con a couple of years ago that they put out there, mm-hmm. um, but a nice. A nice mini campaign, if you will, adventure. You know, one of their longer, not, not one like shot. a one shot, not, not necessarily a one shot. Something that, that'll take maybe three or four sessions to run. You know, would yeah, be fine or, for me. Or some one shot little adventures. I mean, I don't care if it yeah. comes. I don't care if you could buy it right from FFG site, or if you have to go mm-hmm. to RPG Now or, or uh, um, uh, what's the other one? Um, RPG Now was the one. Drive through RPG? Is that the one? Drive through RPG. Yes, Drive-thru? thank you. Yeah. Um, if you go there, I mean, even if you're doing uh, one shot 
or short campaign adventures, mm-hmm. you don't have to have them in print. You can just put them there. Yeah, yeah, throw the PDFs <laughs> up there. That would be great. Yep. Um, so then also we have um, Stefan Dragonspawn mm-hmm. said accessories such as GM screen, reference sheets, adventure generators. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, any of that stuff would be good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Matt Stark came back with, other than Android, nothing. FFG's support of the system has been a little lackluster at best. I would look forward to much-needed improvements to product support. One book a year is astounding for a company of this size, and he's been very disappointed so far mm-hmm. uh, that there's not even a GM screen for the game. And, yeah, that's kind of a common thread. Uh, I think a lot of uh, the players of Genesis out there are a little frustrated with how little content we're getting. Right. And I think that kind of stems originally from the fact that I don't really 100% think Genesis was – uh, something that they thought was going to take off as huge as it has. Um, mm-hmm. uh, maybe they just weren't prepared on the front side with the amount of, you know, to, to give the amount of support to the system. Or maybe they're seeing different numbers from, from what I'm seeing. But the fan community mm-hmm. continues to grow. Um, yeah. And, you know, I talked to, you know, my FLGS, and every time the books come in, they sell out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, yeah. they just restocked their shelves out at FFG. I just went out there earlier yesterday. They yeah. had, you know, <clears throat> they filled up their shelves with that and the dice and everything. So, yeah. you know, hopefully they're seeing the numbers and they're going to throw some more support at it. Uh, if they're not, maybe they'll listen to us and hear, you know, a little bit of the frustration in some of our fans' uh, writing, and mm-hmm. hopefully say, you know, we're going to scratch your back, guys. Let's we're, we're going to give you two books this year. Um, <laughs> I'd hope they'd come back. We're going to give you three, but still, I'll take two books. Yeah. Yeah. Two <laughs> books in one year would be awesome. GM screens would be, I mean, I don't use mine face down. I lay them flat, mm-hmm. but yeah. um, um, I, I, use still, them, I use them because I use, I put my NPC slots on, you know, I have like index cards that I kind of fold in half and just kind of put on the GM screen and have my hey, NPC hey, slots. Hey, 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 we're not playing the index card RPG here, buddy. No, we're not. We're playing... <laughs> playing Genesis with index cards. <laughs> oh, you mean you could use index cards for other games? Yeah, exactly. You sure can. Ow, and so just weird. write PC, <laughs> NPC, or Batty, or whatever you want. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> Loser. Or it doesn't have to be uh, index cards. It could be different pieces. Of, anyways, that's kind of how I use it. No, I've just, I've just, yeah, yeah, and it's nice to have those. Yeah, it's nice to have a freaking critical chart in front of you, doesn't it, Tony? When you start critting the character like the six, uh huh. Yeah, I'm still bitter about that. No, (laughs) I know you probably cried in your beer after we hung up the the call that night. No, because it was a because it was a dream sequence. Oh yeah, we went into that Sith temple and it was all a dream. (laughs) (laughs) It was all a Force vision or something. Yeah, but it was pretty damn cool. Uh, yeah, I, I always keep mine, mm-hmm. my GM screen that I have here for Star Wars. I always keep it open at my desk for yeah. you know laying flat out. And when I'm when I'm running the game locally at my local game store, I do the same thing. I lay it flat so yeah, that I can too. see the critical tables. And yeah, I mean last night when I ran, I you know I've, I have the the Star Wars actually all of the GM screens. <laughs> 
because I'm just like that. Which I might have. Like, I, I really might have good left adventure. Some, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they do have some pretty good adventures there. But I didn't have the screen with me. You know, I just because I was running a basic game and whatever. But but still, I I had though I did have that RPG mat, which is cool. So yeah, hey FFG, you got to make make one of those um, role playing mats for Genesis. Ah. There we go. That's a That'd great be- wish list item. I like the Star Wars one. A Genesis one would be cool. Yeah, I used or it ter- last night. It worked fine. It worked yeah. good. And I know Jamie. He put he put he put out his um. He had a uh, a mat that he kind of created, and I think Stefan mm-hmm. might have made one too. Oh, and my uh, yeah, one of my did them on eight and a half by eleven paper, but yeah, I mean, one of my one of my totally players blow it up. One of my players last night, um, Kyle. He made a um. He made a cheat sheet. Kind of a Venn diagram kind of cheat sheet with the um, with like the success and fit and triumph, you know, kind of uh-huh. you know, kind of overlapping. And he had circles on each side of the paper. And when he was first throwing throwing the you know the dice down, he'd move them to the circles to say, okay, here's a success, here's whatever to kind of you know just visual kind of there. And when he as was, long as it helped him, it was, yeah. And then he started. And then he just started um, when he was canceling out the dice. He turned the dice to a different. Um, what do you call it? Face when he canceled out one symbol on that die. I hadn't seen that done like that before. I'm like, oh well, that's kind of cool the way that he was counting. And I'm like, all right. So that's kind of cool. But other yeah. products, hmm. Don't need t-shirts. Don't need mugs. <laughs> um, <laughs> more Just, adversary cards, though. Uh, yeah, adversary cards. Those definitely. are those are invaluable. those are priceless. They are, they really are. Then you get you put them in the little plastic sleeves, and you have a little, you know, dry erase marker. You can write on your cards, and you're not writing on your cards if you want mm-hmm. to make notes. And yep. if you need that I, smuggler or whatever, you can put them in. Right on. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's pretty much it. That's our wish list for next year. I mean, mine. Yeah. I I'm pretty simple. Give me more than one book, Android and Town Tannhauser in one year. And maybe hint, an hint. adventure in a GM screen. <laughs> hint, hint, nudge, nudge. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I ditto that. <laughs> ditto. All right. All right. Well, let's let's get on over to our favorite show segment. All right. All right, everybody. Welcome back to our favorite show segment, and hopefully yours. Pretty sure everybody likes this one, because we just have so much fun doing this. To yeah, advantageous yeah. threats to all, this is where Tony and I kind of come up with a little scenario. We um, roll some dice and talk to a narrative, create a narrative yeah. here. So what you got for us first? What would you go first? Well, I brought back. Hemlock Jones, my Kung Fu P.I. from 1970s (laughs) crime drama, who uh, I picture being kind of like a Jim Kelly kind of character. There you go. So the the Um, TV show didn't get canceled. It's still going. All right. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Hemlock Jones is back. And he's about to do enter the Mushu Palace, a Chinese Mm -hmm. restaurant known as a front for gang activity in search of a missing girl. The GM has decided to handle this tense situation as a struc- in structured combat rounds, and I have one initiative. So I plan on using my counteroffer talent to kick this off. Now, counteroffer is a tier two talent. It's an activation is active, so it requires a roll, right, and it's okay. not ranked. And it lets me 
once per session, Hemlock Jones may use this talent to choose one non-nemesis adversary within medium range and make an opposed negotiation versus discipline check. If successful, the target becomes staggered until the end of the next turn. At your GM's discretion, you may spend triumph on this check to have the adversary become an ally until the end of the encounter. Oh. However, the duration of this may be shortened or extended depending on whether you're uh, on on your GM. Whether he's a feels, or not. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. feels your offer is appealing to the adversary or whether your character follows through on it. Sweet. So, m- my negotiation is two yellow and a green. I have okay. three in presence and two in negotiation. Mm-hmm. And I'm using the stats for the gang leader. Okay. On page 134 in the core rule book. Okay. And I pick out somebody in the crowd um, in this scene. I'm picturing, I don't know why, but I picture this cook standing in the mm-hmm. kitchen with a meat cleaver standing there looking like he's going to join the fight with me and these uh, ruffians inside here and some kung fu is going to kick off. So I want this guy on my side. Well, the thing is, this is a combat check, technically, and they have adversary one. Okay. So, upgrade so, that sucker. We'll upgrade that. Now, because uh, I'm in the Mushu Palace, which is their territory, you're going to give them some kind of other was, effect I was, here? I was thinking a setback die for that. A setback die? Because okay. he's his, he's got a little more, little more disciplined because he has his... Uh, you know he's he's in the middle of his uh, mushu beef okay. or whatever or whatever right. he's eating right now. All right. Well, I I'm thinking that uh, I really would like to have not have this go alone. I dropped one of my dice. Sorry, no <laughs> I had to pick it up. Uh, yeah. I'd rather not go at this alone. So I'm really invested on this guy joining me. So I'm a flip a story point. You do that. And you know what? I'm good. I'm not going to flip a story point here myself because the adversary did it for me. <laughs> all right. Sweet. Well, let's roll it out. First of all, your die did not stop me from succeeding on this check. The purple die came back blank. Okay. And the the red came back with two failure. Okay. So that cancels out my two failure or two successes that I had, but I still have one remaining success. Okay. And I had one threat on the setback die, which cancels out one of my advantage, mm-hmm. leaving me with one success, one advantage. Oh yeah. And a triumph. Oh. <laughs> my one advantage is left over on my triumph die. Okay then. <laughs> nice. Um so yeah, I want I okay, so I'm thinking I want advantage. I notice the guy with the meat cleaver. I see him, he's armed, he's kinda looking like he doesn't really want to join. He's looking to the bosses. Yeah. Uh, and I know that that guy has got a rap sheet. And I point to him and say, You help me out on this. I'll let you go. All right. <clears throat> um, yeah, and he um, kind of raises the meat cleaver, not towards you, but he's like, all right, <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll jump on your side then. <laughs> all 
All right. Instead of cutting a, cut, cutting the head off that duck, right? <laughs> and is it that restaurant at the end yeah. of uh, what a Christmas story? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe could be. Uh, mm. I was I was picking picturing something like eggs egg Shen's restaurant in uh, or the restaurant in Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet. That'll that'll do. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, yeah, so yeah. I would say I would say um, my discretion would be that yeah, he does become an ally for you till the end of the encounter. Okay, he, I mean maybe I he that. Will, I mean you're threatening him. The cleaver on them. Maybe Threat. he'll just you know try to knock their weapons out of their hands. Maybe yeah. maybe he'll just back me up with some. Keeping this in a talky situation, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably he'll probably do. You know what he'll probably do is right when you try and make a point, he'll like hack something and make like a really big hacking sound on the big block. <laughs> Maybe to give me a boost die for to that give advantage me a boost die or whatever. Yeah, there we yeah. go. All yeah, right, there you go. you're like you kind of look at him like, hey, I'm gonna let you go. I know, I know about you, and he's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> he just chops a lamb, big old lamb. <laughs> leg in half <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right <sighs> all right cool all right that was well i don't know i just kind of saw that talent and wanted That's to cool, use it dude. <laughs> i like it I like all right it. all right what you got buddy all right um <laughs> what i have is i have a um a dinosaur wrangler named Drosco Chisholm. <laughs> he has a wild raptor kind of trapped in this trapped in this canyon, and he's gonna try and wrangle this sucker. What? Uh, yeah. So the name. So you know, I like the I like the name because I did an internet search on famous cowboys, <laughs> and somebody named Jesse Chisholm came up. Not much of a rancher, but he created this trafficked cattle in northern america and you know what we're going with it nice so um he's kind of a cunning fella though because he's got a cunning of three he also has the knack for it talent in survival which he has two ranks in nice um he also has two ranks in dinosaur wrangler yes everybody that's a tier two talent and he's spent a tier three talent on it because you know what He's a dinosaur wrangler. <laughs> he needs it. And um, I would say, so this check is going to be, so with his cunning of three, and I'm assuming we would use survival to wrangle dinosaurs, I would think. Um, I was also thinking maybe riding, but survival seems, I think that's what they might have used in... Um, the Star Wars system, but eh, we'll go with survival. There wasn't any rules set in um, the Dinosaur Cowboys, so, you know, let's go with survival. And Okay. Um, so it'll be two yellow, a green, and then his two ranks in Dinosaur Wrangler gives him two blues. Now, I'm thinking this has got to be at least a hard check, because it's a freaking raptor. Oh, and yeah. I was also thinking, not only does the ornery stat count on riding but wrangling them as well. <laughs> and I'm thinking two red and a purple for All difficulty right. here. Sure. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. Now, you understand what happens when you trap a raptor in a canyon. Uh, yeah, it probably wasn't 
Roscoe's most brilliant move. It's but... got nowhere to go but through you. Yeah, I know. So throw a setback die in there also. Alrighty then. But and you have the knack for it. I do have that. Oh, that's true. I do have a knack for it. So I'm going to remove that one setback die. I can actually remove two, but yeah. I'll remove the one. And you know what? Um, because this is the first time ever in my life as a role player, I've used the term, I've used a phrase, I'm going to wrangle a dinosaur. <laughs> um, I'm going to flip a story point. <laughs> I'm going to flip a story point. I love my, it. I love my, it. My, my character is going to wrestle a dinosaur, wrangle a dinosaur. <laughs> um, what do you think? Do you want to flip one and make it th- an even three red? <laughs> oh, no. I think this is a great pool as is. I think I'll leave my story point alone. <laughs> and, <laughs> and use wait. it for later. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, all right. All right, Roscoe. We have three yellow, two blue, two red, and a purple. <laughs> oh, Good thing you got big old man hands to roll that with. <laughs> That's right, but holy failure, Batman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I got two. So I got a failure on each of my red dice. The blue, the purple came up with two threat. Um, one of my blue came up blank, had a success on a, on my other blue, and then my three green, my three yellow came up with four advantage and a success. So I'm left with a net two advantage. So I failed <laughs> to so. wrangle him. Okay, now wrangling, when you say wrangling, you're trying to rope it, right? Well, I'm thinking, see, now this is the thing. I mean, this is, isn't this where the narrative maybe come in? Um, maybe I um, try, no, so I have it cornered. Roscoe has it cornered. Maybe he throws a nice, big, juicy stegosaurus steak, <laughs> like from the Flintstones out at the thing, right? To mm-hmm. maybe kind of, you know calm it down maybe this could be more of a skill check or uh like a what not a skill check but a test skill challenge skill challenge and not doing so good <laughs> but i'm thinking that juicy steak man will give me a boost eye on my next my next attempt to wrangle this thing okay well failure means that no. the raptor has moved just one failed check. So if you're going to do this as a skill challenge, let's say that is a skill challenge. One failed check would mean that the Raptor has now moved into a position that's rather unfavorable to you next turn. Maybe and, chomping range? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> or chomping my dinosaur, my, my dinosaur mount range? I don't know. Maybe I'm still on the mount. It's throwing the it's, steak. It's probably. drooling, but you can't tell whether it's looking at you or, or looking steak. at the steaks. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So maybe that next check I'd make a little harder. <laughs> yeah, I would think so too. <laughs> yep. All right. So, all right. I hope you guys enjoyed that. <laughs> I know I did. <laughs> that hey, could have been. How sick. often you get to wrangle a velociraptor? <laughs> Apparently, I can. Might, I might. I might. You might. You guys might see Roscoe next week. I might be able to do it every other week. No, <laughs> we'll continue this challenge on the next fighting the narrative. No, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. All right, man. Well, let's let's uh, run on out of here and end this thing. Sound good? 
Groovy. All right. All right, everybody. Well, that was year one of Finding the Narrative. Right, Tony? I think we could. This is our last show of the year. Yeah. It is. It's almost sad to say goodbye to 2018. Almost. But, but I'm looking forward. Yeah, me too. I'm looking for I'm looking forward to next year. I'm looking forward to Android. I'm looking forward to more. More, more, more. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Let's sh- let's give a shout out. You mentioned his name earlier. The barbarian himself, Matt Stark. He has thoughts of a barbarian out there basically talking anything gaming. Um he got the he's got a sweet logo too. And yeah. if you go out there, he wrote up a little a little um, uh, what do you call it? A little uh, review of Kana Nakab where you can see Tony in his fuzzy wampa hat, flexing <laughs> and doing his doing his thing. <laughs> so you can find him out at uh, thoughtsofabarbarian.blogspot.com on the Miwis. He's a proud Nerds International member, um, and his Twitter at at mstark78. Um, yeah, yeah, good stuff out there from him. Yeah, he does a lot of cool stuff. He he runs Tales for the Loop, uh, which is a game I still have yet to play. Um, I'm so intrigued by that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a, he runs that. A, a, what is that? A D6 system? D10? I, yes. I, I think it's a D6. D6s. You got to roll sixes for successes, yeah. and yeah. you know you have your pools of D6s, and you roll them. Um, neat little character creation way to create characters too, because it kind of reminded me of like Dungeon World in a little way, where you kind of have um, links to other characters in your the other characters in your party too. You know, yeah. kind of neat. neat. Yeah, Matt loves that game. He loves uh, Castles and Crusades. He loves that. He runs that. But he talks about just about everything gaming um, when oh, yeah. he on his blog, and it's it's a very informative blog. Matt, Matt's a great writer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and, uh, and he's been on our show. So give Matt a listen mm-hmm. or a read. Sorry, a read, a read. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, you can find him and us over on MeWe uh, mm-hmm. in the Nerds International community. Yep. Uh, you can f- you can contact us at finding the narrative podcast at gmail dot com. Promise we'll read it. Promise we'll answer. Promise, promise. Um, uh, you can contact me finding the narrative on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and he'll yeah. always, Tony will always send that, send that to me, a little snapshot of it. <clears throat> yep. I always do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, tell your friends about us, listen to us. They can find us on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, and Google play. Yep. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, so man. that's, this is Tony saying, keep rolling them bones. And this is Chris saying, remember the rule of cool and just have fun, everybody. Goodbye, 2018. (laughs) Adios and Happy New Year. (laughs) 
Finding a Narrative podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned on the show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding a Narrative podcast. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.